What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fancy football voice. Boys, it's Monday night. Christian, are you feeling all right? I am feeling all right. I'm feeling better than all right. Let's go, Brownies. We are going to get a W and make the Patriots the only undefeated team in the NFL. Randy, how are you feeling about that, Patriots fan? Well, I I mean, at that point, I'd like it. because It also gives the Browns a win, which I do like. But, you know, I expect like seven sacks by the 49ers. So, yeah, we're just here. <laughs> should at least be, it should at least be a good game. I don't think I see a blowout either way. No, I, I, I have high hopes. It's just. Yeah, me too. Uh, obviously, being from Cleveland. So, we'll go ahead and get started here. We are going to go through our week five recap. We'll go through a buy and sell, buy or sell segment where we're going to give you some expectations that may have changed and then we'll get everybody's thoughts on if it's going to stay that way and then we'll give you a quick worthy waiver for week six there isn't much out there but we'll try to touch on some as always if you'd like to support the podcast just shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at the cut ffl like and share us on facebook at the cut ffl and subscribe to us everywhere you listen to podcasts apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anchor whatever so we'll go ahead and roll right into it. The first game we're going to talk about was the Thursday night game. Seahawks 30-29 to over the Rams. On the Rams side, Jared Goff, 29 for 49, 395 yards, one touchdown and interception. Um, Christian, how are you feeling about Jared Goff? Would you say he's still a top 12 guy as the season rolls on? Um, I think he's right on the fringe of being that top 12 guy. They are producing very well in the passing game. I think they're top five in, in yards. Um, don't actually quote me on that. I'm, I'm not positive, but they have been very good through the air. Goff has looked better, um, but I just can't feel confident starting Jared Goff knowing that he does have ups and downs. And typically when he's on the road, he doesn't do well, and that's that's been true for the last two years. So I think that he's on the fringe. I think he's definitely QB2 with QB1 upside. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the last two games, he's thrown the ball like 115 times, which is an unbelievable stat. And I mean, a lot of that was because they were trying, they were trailing against Tampa Bay and had to come back. But this game was closer. Um, but I, I probably agree. I, Goff could maybe work his way back into the top 12, but it's for him, I think it's strictly matchup based. Uh, Todd Gurley did salvage his day. He only had 51 rushing yards, but he was able to punch in two short touchdowns. A big game for Cooper Cup. Nine catches for 117 yards, and he had 17 targets and a touchdown. I don't have any Cooper Cup in any of my leagues, but I was going against him, so this game was very frustrating for me. But, I mean, Christian, you I know you and I have talked about it. You think he's a top-10 guy, don't you? I think he's a top-5 guy. I think that Cooper Cup is one of the most reliable receivers just because of I, – I, I don't want to say Jared Goff's incompetence, but – the fact that his check down is always going to be Cooper Cup. Last year, it was a mixture of, of Gurley and Cup. Um, I think that Cup's going to be able to sustain this production throughout the rest of the season. Um, and I really do think that he is a top five receiver play almost every week. Um, I think that you're going to have weeks where he does fall a little bit, but I, I think he's as consistent as it comes. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, especially with the two the last two weeks of his production. Uh, one other thing to note, Gerald Everett, seven catches for 136 yards on 11 targets. He may be a guy that you can put on your bench and see if he can do this again. Uh, I know Christian will get into that a little bit later. So we'll move on to the Seahawks side. 
A big game for Russell Wilson. He only threw the ball 23 times, but had four touchdowns and 268 yards. Chris Carson, 27 carries for 118 yards. Um, it didn't. Rashad Penny was active, but he didn't get much work. He only had eight touches. This is probably Chris Carson's backfield. And I know if you're an owner that owns both Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, you feel a little bit happier about that. And even if you're just a Chris Carson owner, that is definitely a, uh, a good development there. On the receiving side, with Russell only throwing the ball 23 times, there wasn't much. Will Disley, four catches for 81 yards. Uh, Tyler Lockett, four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown on an unbelievable catch, unbelievable throw by Wilson in the back of the end zone. Um, are you guys, Christian, are you still safe with uh, Lockett, Disley, maybe to a lesser extent Metcalf, or are you trying to avoid these guys? I think you're definitely safe with Disley. Um, I saw a stat where Will Disley is getting more plays run for him than anyone on that team outside of Chris Carson. Um, they're, they're running specific plays to get Disley the ball, and I think that he has emerged as Russell Wilson's favorite target, which is saying something with Tyler Lockett there. I think that you're pretty comfortable starting Tyler Lockett every week. You're going to get wide receiver two production. He's, he's not going to be a wide receiver one for you, but he can still be in your lineup. With DK, it's kind of boom or bust, and I think more often than not, it's going to be bust with how much they'd like to run the ball. Um, but as the season goes on, he is a rookie. Um, rookies tend to get better as the season goes on. So it's it's something interesting to, to watch, and maybe DK does take over for that Tyler Lockett spot. Who, who really knows, but I, I wouldn't be comfortable putting DK in my lineups. Yeah, I probably feel the same way. I saw a, a chart at the end of that game showing DK Metcalf's routes run, and literally all they're doing is running him on, on go routes. So it's it's hard to trust that production. Obviously, if he's going to catch a touchdown, he can save your fancy day, but I probably agree. We'll move on here. Uh, Arizona 26-23 over Cincinnati. Randy's QB start of the week, Kyler Murray, 20 for 32, 253 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, but did have 10 carries for 93 yards and a rushing touchdown. Randy, do you think he's a top 10 guy as the season goes on? Yeah, I do. I mean, he's only going to get better in my eyes. He was without Kirk this game, so it did hurt. Uh, but, I mean, with the rushing floor, it's so it's so much upside. It makes him and Lamar almost must-starts every week, even though you know half the time they're going to have bad days throwing. And Josh Allen. And Josh time. Allen to a lesser extent, but yeah, I mean, we talk about, He's I talk late. about it all the time. It's, he doesn't, he usually doesn't get more as much yards, but he has probably a higher touch on upside along with Cam the last five years. Yeah, I mean, especially in four point passing touchdown leagues, the obviously the rushing floor is there for Allen and Murray. You so you can probably trust both of those guys. David Johnson, seventeen carries for ninety-one yards. He did battle through a back injury. It was reported uh, he had sixty-five yards through the air. And the only one to really note in the pass in the passing game, there was no Christian Kirk. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, six catches for 58 yards on eight targets. He's probably still a safe wide receiver, too. On the other side for the Bengals, Christian's QB start of the week, Andy Dalton, 27 for 38, 262 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon, a better game, 93 yards on the ground. Um, Tyler Boyd, 10 for 123 and one on 14 targets. I would say he's probably on the wide receiver one to two border if Green's going to still be out for a couple weeks, like they've been saying. And a uh, popular spot start, Auden Tate, three for 26, did catch a touchdown when the Bengals were trying to work their way back. Um, so that saved your day there. And then Tyler Eifert, my tight end start of the week, 
two catches. Yeah, it wasn't good. Andy Dalton missed him on a wide open throw in the end zone too. But I mean, that's what happens when you trust Andy Dalton. Moving on here, uh, Buffalo fourteen to seven over the Titans in a game that was ugly in every sense of the word. Josh Allen did have two hundred nineteen passing yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Nothing really for the running game. Devin Singletary was inactive. John Brown still had five catches for 75 yards. It's caught all five of his targets. Christian, you're a big John Brown guy. Do you still trust him on a weekly basis? And what's your ceiling for him? Yeah, I think his ceiling is is still just a wide receiver too. Um, I, the reason I trust him on a weekly basis is because the Buffalo Bills aren't going to play the Tennessee Titans every week. That is a terrible matchup. And John Brown still was productive enough um, to get them a win. I, I honestly believe that this offense is going to continue to get better, especially when Singletary is back. So I think that John Brown does have wide receiver two upside, but you can go ahead and throw him in your flex or wide receiver three basically any week. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, I would probably feel a little bit hesitant to say he's going to be a wide receiver two. I just don't know if – especially when Singletary gets back, like you're saying, I don't know if the Bills are going to throw the ball enough to have that. But it's def- he's definitely a good flex play and could, on the right week, maybe he could reach that wide receiver two borderline. On the uh, Titans side, Marcus Mariota, another very quiet game, 183 yards. Derrick Henry, 20 carries for 78 yards, did punch in a one-yard touchdown after Marcus Mariota ran for one and it was called down at the one-yard line. And A.J. Brown, only two catches for 27 yards. He was a popular streaming play. He had a touchdown call back due to a penalty. I personally don't have any interest in any Tennessee pass catcher. Even to me, Delaney Walker, he's a tough sell right now. Uh, he struggled, and I just can't get my head around trusting Marcus Mariota. I, that just might be me, but I, I can't know. blame you there, Sean. Yeah, it seems, that, uh, seems like uh, most anyone's going to get there is three catches, so I'm just yeah. not playing any of them. Yeah, dude, Unfortunately for Christian, Henry didn't get his extra 10 carries to get to 30, so he could almost get to 100 reach yards. Yeah. So, hey, I'm pretty sure he's still either running back 12 or 13. And oh, oh, he hasn't even 13. had a. Exactly. If he's 13, exactly. it's not the end of the season. Exactly what being shown <laughs> predicted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Next game, we'll take a look at Oakland in a surprising 24 21 win over the Bears in London. Uh, David Montgomery, 11 carries for 25 yards, and he got in to the end zone. Uh, Tariq Cohen had four carries but did have six catches for 39 yards. The one thing to note, big game for Allen Robinson, seven catches for 97 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets. Randy, is it safe to say Robinson is a weekly wide receiver too? Yeah. I, I said this like four episodes ago that he was my one of my buy, like buy trade candidates because he was cheap on the market. Uh, but this is kind of like an upside performance for them. They were throwing a lot late because the Raiders just were winning. I mean, they, it was a shock to everyone, including me. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy. I if he hasn't if he has a bad game against a bad matchup, I'd be trying to buy him the week after because I do trust him as a wide receiver too. Yeah, and I mean, if when Trubisky does come back, I don't think he takes too much of a hit. It looked like Chase Daniel did want to go to him a lot when he did throw the ball, but I, I would probably agree with that. For the Raiders, big game for Josh Jacobs. 26 carries for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Christian, I know you sat him in Dynasty. I sure did. 
But, had to break um, that up. <laughs> it's a, but it was a fair sit given Randy, who was he was a sit for Randy, given the Bears defense going across the pond. It, it was a tough sell, but Jacobs played well. He looks like he's healthy again. Darren Waller did have kind of a down game, four for 39 on five targets. Personally, I think that was just game script related. Like Randy said, the Raiders got up early. They ran the ball. Waller is still definitely a tight end one, but we will we'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, it's it's just Williams was out, and the Raiders had all their receivers go down in the game and out coming into the game. They were just like, okay, only Waller can beat us. So they yeah, just, so they it looked. It, they probably did keep. I didn't. I didn't get to catch they, much of it. They keep it, it on. I was actually surprised he came down with this many catches. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, seven points. It's a tough day for a guy that you're starting is probably a top five tight end, but there's definitely going to be better weeks. Moving on here, uh, New Orleans over Tampa Bay, 31 to 24. Uh, Christian's running back start of the week, Ronald Jones, had only nine carries for 35 yards. Peyton Barber had eight carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. Christian, it's probably hard to trust either of these guys in the backfield when you see stuff like this, don't you think? I know you're a big Ronald Jones guy. Yeah, I I think that Peyton Barber vulturing touchdowns from Ronald Jones is going to be the death of you yep. putting Ronald Jones. No, I don't have any Ronald Jones shares. Oh. I do I do love him as a player, but I he's he's clearly the more talented running back. But for whatever reason, they want to Bruce Arians wants to have a split backfield between the two of them and Ogumbowale or however the hell you say that dude's name. <laughs> Um, I don't know how often he was in the game, but he does post that pass catching threat. Um, so, I, man, I don't, I don't feel comfortable starting Jones or Barber. I just got rid of Barber in Dynasty, um, but it, it shouldn't be that way. It, it's kind of a, an Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams type of thing, where Ronald Jones clearly looks like the more talented running back, but it's just not going to happen that way. The yeah. Saints. Saints are also a bad rushing matchup, so that does factor in a little bit at least. But, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, it's still, regardless, anywhere he slices it, it's still disappointing for either of those guys. I know Peyton Barber did find the end zone, but still. Chris Godwin, 7 for 125 and two touchdowns on nine targets. One was a garbage-time touchdown when the Bucks were down two scores, but that's still big for your fantasy day. And Mike Evans had a 0.0 on three targets. This was just because he was matched up on Marshawn Lattimore all day. Christian, we the three of us talked about it on our last pod. Um, if we thought that Lattimore was going to be lined up on Evans or if it was maybe going to be split or if he was lined up on Godwin. Evans drew him. Lattimore shut down Cooper week four, shut down Evans week five. I'm not worried about it. And it's probably time to drop O.J. Howard. He had one catch for 10 yards on two targets. I it's, said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's dis- it's disappointing, but it's time to do it. There's so much upside there, but for some reason, he's just not used. Big game for Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints. 314 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Randy, it, it looks like Breeze is closer to a return. Do you value Bridgewater at all, or is he just a placeholder? Uh, I mean, he's a placeholder. They're, they're going to go right back to Breeze when he's fully ready. Um, I know Breeze is already throwing a lot. He's getting all his reps in. I don't expect him to play this week and probably not even next week. They're going to make sure he's 100%, probably wait out that full six weeks 
but Bridgewater's a placeholder, and I mean, I, he's not going to do this every game, but he can still be he could be serviceable in a pinch for you. Yeah, and I mean, the Saints get the Jaguars on the road, and then they have to play the Bears. So you, you probably don't want to start Teddy Bridgewater anyway, but he's definitely been good uh, for what the Saints have needed him to do. He's probably a better NFL quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback, but it's def- he's definitely helped that team. Um, it's, it's, very, it's encouraging for his dynasty value. Yeah, yeah, it, abs- it probably is because eventually Breeze is going to retire, and it seems like Brid- they kind of want Bridgewater to be that quarterback in waiting. So he's going to kind of just take over for him because I don't I don't know if Breeze has more than a year left after this. I don't know that he plays past this season. Yeah, especially considering he had a major thumb injury. Yeah, it's definitely something to watch. I mean, there's there's like six different quarterbacks. We're not sure if they play past this year or next year. So there's going to be a lot of turnover here quick. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the other thing to note, Michael Thomas, 11 catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. He was just a beast, plain and simple. Moving on to the Vikings, 28-10 to 10 over the Giants. Delvin Cook, another 100-plus yard day, 21 carries for 132, six catches for 86 yards on six targets. My wide receiver started the week, Adam Thielen, seven for 130 and two touchdowns on eight targets. Big game for him. I'm, I stuck with him. I know I started him in a couple of leagues. I was very glad because he was he was just a stud. He was catching everything Kirk was throwing to him. Kirk and Kirk looked a lot better too. Uh, Stephon Diggs three for forty four on four targets. We'll get into it a little bit later, but that's still a disappointing performance. And the next three matchups for the Vikings are Philly, Detroit, and Washington. Probably against Washington, you can trust those guys, but Philly and Detroit are tougher matchups, especially Detroit, given what they've. Not I don't Philly. know. <laughs> yeah, but Detroit's Detroit's off. Detroit really good the past. Detroit, Detroit, yeah. Detroit's not a great matchup, but they really only have one good corner, and he probably will end up on Diggs. But Philly's got no corner at all. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they that's had a good, they had a good defensive overall performance, but it was mm-hmm. more by turnover. But it was more the Jets. It's more the fact that it was the Jets, right? Yeah. On the Giants' side, Wayne Gallman did leave the game with a concussion, which is a little bit disappointing because he looked like a decent start. Jonathan Hilleman was the guy that penciled in nine carries for 28 yards – or 20 yards, I apologize. Uh, it looks like Saquon might play Thursday night, which is unbelievable in its own right. So, <laughs> Dude I mean, is defying science. It doesn't even he, make sense. Christian, if, if he plays, are you starting him against the Patriots? Yeah. I mean, the the only reason that I would is because of his pass-catching value. I think that it's going to end up in a lot of dump-downs, and Saquon's going to be the beneficiary of that. So I think that he is going to put up a solid day. I mean, he's not going to be an RB1 by any means, but I think that he'll – Saquon at his worst is an RB2. So I, I'd be comfortable with it. I mean, I know the dude's a freak of nature, but an injury like that, it just – Especially if you're trying to push your way back, it just worries me that you're going to re-injure it. You know, and, and to yeah. rush and to rush back against that defense is just idiotic. I yeah. I honestly don't know if if he plays on Thursday or if they limit him. I think it kind of depends on Gallman's status too. I think yeah, that, that's true. I think it might be more of a committee with Hillman and Saquon. Uh, but yeah. if Gallman's ready to go, then I think Saquon sits. It makes way more sense just to sit him, give him the extra, give him the extra days going in, going into or no, I don't think are they on a bye week seven? Regardless, it would make way, even if they're not, it's a ten day 
Yeah, it uh, would make way uh, more sense to just sit him, not try to push him back in a short week. Yeah. Uh, one thing to note, Sterling Shepard, 5 for 49 on 10 targets. He did suffer a concussion, so they, he's not going to play on Thursday night, and they think he could possibly be out multiple weeks, so probably bumps up Golden Tate's value. He had six targets in his debut, but only three for 13. Evan Ingram was a bit quiet, 6 for 42, but did have 11 targets, so he's still safe there. Moving on here, Jets, or I'm sorry, Eagles 31 to 6 over the Jets. Not much to say about the Jets. I mean, Bell, 15 carries for 43 yards, seven catches for 45. Uh, they probably need Sam Darnold to be fantasy relevant. It sounds like there's a good shot that Darnold plays week six. That's maybe when you can trust some of those guys, but if he doesn't play and it's Falk again, I mean, Bell, maybe, but you can't start anybody else. If, if he does play, though, really quick, I, I would be comfortable tossing Robbie Anderson or Jamison Crowder in my lineup as just a, a shot-in-the-dark flex play. Yeah, I mean, you can hope for a long – especially with Anderson, you can hope that the rapport is still there with Darnold and he gets some, he gets a long touchdown, and that could help, especially if you play him in the flex. Uh, big play upside. On the Eagles side, they did have two defensive touchdowns, so there's there wasn't much production um, fantasy-wise. Jordan Howard did have 13 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Doug Peterson came out today and said that he expects Howard to get more carries, which is very disappointing as a Miles Sanders owner. I'm very sad because I think he's Sanders is just so much better than Howard. I just yeah. don't care. I, you- I, I don't know that Sanders is a better runner, though. I think that Howard – and and we talked about this before the season, how I said – Jordan Howard does have talent on the ground. He's not a complete running back to where he can do both, where I think Sanders is, but I think that where Sanders lacks is in the rushing game, and that's what Howard does best. So, And it, and it's really it, – to be honest, it's really hard to argue with Howard's production so far. I mean, he hasn't looked bad. No, and, but they, they've had a few good matchups in a row here as well. So Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. Uh, Randy's wide receiver start of the week, Alshon Jeffrey, six catches for 52 yards. He's probably still a safe wide receiver to play. Obviously, the Eagles are going to have to be more productive on offense when they face better teams. And Zach Ertz did find the end zone for the first time this year, five for 57 and one on seven targets. Next game we'll take a look at was Baltimore, 26-23 over the Steelers in overtime. Jackson struggled again, 19 for 28, only 161 yards, had a touchdown, but threw three picks. Added 70 yards on the ground. Randy, is he still a top 10 guy, or have your expectations kind of hindered a little bit? Um, I don't think they've hindered, but I've, I haven't seen him as like the top five, top 10 guy. I, I expected the 10 through 12 with these kind of bad performances mixed in, but his rushing still there. He got a guaranteed seven points. And he did get a touchdown. So, I mean, he, he didn't have a complete tank of a day, but it wasn't great. I I think that you're going to see a lot of these games when they play good defenses. Um, I just don't think that that man can throw the ball well. I don't think that he can read a difficult defense very well. And I think that was pretty clear. The Steelers have a good secondary. Don't get me wrong. But Lamar has shown time and time again that he just cannot get it done through the air. Saying all that, I still think he's a top 10 guy because he's going to rush in three touchdowns one day, and that'll be that. He'll, he'll be cemented as a top 10 guy. Yeah, and, I mean, we talked about it with Murray and Allen. I mean, Jackson's like kind of that to a higher degree that 
the rush the rushing floor is always going to be there for Jackson. So I mean, it it fantasy wise, he's probably still going to be up there. Whereas like as an actual NFL QB, he obviously still has a lot to improve improve on. Um, Marquise Brown, three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown on five targets. He did leave the game with an ankle injury, but came back. He was kind of on and off the field. Uh, Willie Sneed, four for 51 in his absence. I probably don't have any interest there. And Mark Andrews, five for 45, but did lead the team with seven targets. On the other side, Mason Rudolph left the game with something that looked really bad watching it live, but um, on a hit from Earl Thomas. It kind of it looked like he was knocked unconscious, but he was able to stand up. They actually had to walk him off the field because their cart wasn't working, which is unbelievable. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that or not. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, that's inexcusable. Um, that's that's just terrible. Also, I'm waiting for the Ravens Twitter account to tweet out that that was a real yeah. hit. Yeah, it it's, didn't it didn't look terrible, but you could you could definitely see the helmet to helmet contact. Well, did you guys see that Juju thought he was dead and almost yeah, he had, Juju had tears in his eyes. They all did. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, mean, obviously, prayers up to Rudolph. Hopefully, that he has a speedy recovery because, as much as we don't like the Steelers as Browns fans, you never want to see something like that. Yeah, and for the cart thing, I, it's awful, and I'm sure they used it in the like before. But all three of us know how likely it is for a cart to die. <laughs> Very fair. That, that, for our listeners, for our listeners that don't that don't know, the three of us were intramural sports supervisors at Cleveland State, <laughs> and that's what we're drawing on. There was a lot of golf cart usage, a lot of golf cart dying, having to push it back about a couple blocks from the soccer field. It was just a bad situation. <laughs> it can happen. It, it can definitely happen. can. Um, on the fan, on the fantasy side, we got a little bit off track there. Uh, James Conner, 14 carries for only 55 yards in the touchdown. Is he just an RB2 for this offense, Randy? No, I mean, he's on that fringe level. He does get some passing work. I'm going to kind of throw most of this out because I believe Rudolph got, what was that, late second or third? It was, just, it was definitely the second quarter. Second quarter. Yeah. And everything, like their whole office, just kind of just dipped down after that. I probably wouldn't play any Steeler next week, except maybe Deontay Johnson. But and that's and that's like a dynasty flex. Don't get me wrong. Would you it's, play Deontay over Juju though? Yeah, I was. Yeah, is that no, or no. Were you? Well, you were assuming already that you're playing Juju. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, no, and, that's fair. I mean, honestly, the, the I'm debating taking Juju out of my lineup. For it's, it'll be tough if you like. If I have a really good option, like. In our one league together, I have Gurley, Connor, and Carry on, and I'm probably not going to play Connor at all. I'm going to start yeah. my wide receivers at flex because why take the risk of 14 carries for 50 yards? And we'll get to Juju in a little bit. He did have seven for 75 and a touchdown on seven targets, but he fumbled the ball that cost the Steelers the game in overtime. Why do you defer when you win the coin toss in overtime? I don't get it. Because Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. That was awful. He's terrible. Cameron Hayward didn't know what you he know, was doing. In in a way, I get it with not having your quarterback and not trusting the the guy that comes in and trusting your defense to maybe give you really good position. But other than that, there's no you you take the ball. It's what you do. But <laughs> I, I do get it from a like a little bit of a defensive coach standpoint. I do get it. But 
Well, the so, defense probably had a better shot to score a touchdown than the offense, so I guess but, I kind of get that. If they, if, they stop, if they stop them three and out from the 25, they get a punt, return to the 45 of the Ravens, yeah. I, they have a good shot there. To be honest, Hodges didn't play bad. That was a good no. throw to, to Schuster. Like, if you if he catches – if he hangs out of the ball, that's like a 30-yard gain. Yeah, if they get a, a full week of preparation with him, I – He's not going to do anything great. Don't get me wrong, but he's going to be serviceable. Yeah, that that's probably that's a fair assessment. Um, next Wait game we'll take- pick up on the week. <laughs> <laughs> next game we'll take a look at was the Patriots thirty-three to seven over the Redskins. Brady threw the ball forty-two times in a game that they won by twenty-four points. Randy, is this what the Patriots are now? Are they a throw-first team? Yeah, until this line is fully he- – it's because the line's not healthy and Devlin's out. They're not trusting the run as much, even though it did work today or yesterday. But uh, it's just what it's going to be. They have a lot of targets. Brady trusts all every one of his targets, no matter what, including Sonny Michelle, thankfully, starting this week. Yeah, Michelle, 16 for 91 and a touchdown. And he did actually catch three balls, so they look. He looked through him in the passing game and a little bit. If they actually end up making the eventual digs trade, the <laughs> I would expect <laughs> oh, fifty dear, passes. Dear God, man! Hey, if no, that man. happens, I'm gonna be so pissed. Listen, oh, Diggs is getting traded. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh he absolutely is. Just but, not to the so, Patriots. I well, what team doesn't care about the first round pick more than the Patriots? All right, I, 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 all Fair right. Enough. We're not getting into this because Christian and I can go off on a tangent. <laughs> uh, Julian Edelman, eight catches for 110 yards on the touchdown. He looked good. Uh, I did put in the doc here uh, if you had any interest in Ben Watson, but he was released like an hour before we started recording this. So that was kind of an interesting development. For the Redskins, there's not much to talk about. McCoy drew the short straw, 18 for 27, 119 yards and a pick. Uh, Randy's RB start of the week, Chris Thompson, six carries for 27 yards and five catches for 17. It, it, it's, it was bad. Redskins fired Jay Gruden. That whole organization right now is a joke. Oh, they're in trouble. They're, yeah. I mean, they lost. I saw the tweet. I think Schefter put it out about how they lost McVay, LaFleur, and one other guy. Well, and all they had to do was turn to one of those guys, and they probably yeah. – have a better record this season. So the best part about the fact that they're going to Bill Callahan was Callahan was the guy that took over for John Gruden when the Raiders fired him. Yep. I think that's that's hilarious. And Jay Gruden may be a Raider sometime soon. Yeah. Right. He probably will be. Next game, Carolina 34-27 over the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew, 374 yards and two touchdowns. Did rush the ball seven times for 42 yards. My running back start of the week, Leonard Fournette. Another big day, 23 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Caught four passes for 29 yards. Big game for DJ Chark, eight for 164 and two. Uh, and then D.D. Westbrook added in seven for 82 on 11 targets. We'll get to DJ Chark a little bit later, but if you had held on to D.D. Westbrook, that's probably encouraging that he still caught seven passes on 11 targets. Um, on the Panthers' side, Christian McCaffrey is, is just not human. 19 carries for 176 yards and a touchdown. Another touchdown through the air, six catches for 61 yards. There's not much more to say about him. I, I think the only thing to say is that he should be leading the MVP discussion. I, he has to be. I mean, Mahomes has been Mahomes, but no, to, the lesser extent, 
especially against the Lions last week and then the Colts this week. But yeah, I mean, I it you can't really make an argument for anybody else right now. I'm sure uh, they I'm sure they will at the end of the year. Jacoby yeah. Brissett will win it over McCaffrey. Yeah, it'll be Brady. It'll be Brady. <laughs> Probably. That's so disappointing that I agree. DJ Moore, six catches for 91 yards on eight targets. That's a little bit better if you punk with them. But Curtis Samuel, only three for 19 on six. Do you guys have any concerns about either of these receivers? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really comfortable starting either one of them as a shot-in-the-dark flex play. Um, DJ Moore, probably a more confident flex play. But, I mean, this was one of his best games, and – he didn't get in the end zone. He he was targeted eight times. That's that's definitely um, encouraging. But I just I don't know, man. Like I don't I don't trust Kyle Allen enough to trust these guys. DJ Moore or Stephon Diggs rest of the season. DJ Moore, Randy, I, the stash of Diggs for the trade. <laughs> I just want to no. It, in fairness, it's DJ Moore because I do believe Cam Newton's coming back probably quicker than we all kind of expect, but. Still not for a couple weeks, in my opinion. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, Texans, 53-32 to 32 over the Falcons. For, for the Atlanta side, Devontae Freeman did have 11 carries for 30 yards, added in five catches for 40 and a touchdown, which I did say on the last podcast that I thought he got into the end zone and I thought it was on a pass. I felt really good about that call, and it did come to fruition. Julio, another quiet week, only three for 42 on seven targets. Calvin Ridley, five for 88 and a touchdown on nine targets. Mohamed Sanu also caught a touchdown pass. Randy, are you concerned about Julio at all, or is is he still going to get his? No, I'm not concerned. I'm happy he has touchdowns already. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Julio always has a couple. He usually has what? It's usually three or four games like this where he still gets your points, but you're like, ah. I mean, last, last year he scored a, like, week 10. Yeah, it's just what he does. He's a There's going to be weeks that he, he just gets kind of phased out, and then the other weeks where he has 11 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it probably goes back to I, – I was more thinking – I mean, if you have Julio, you're starting Julio. I was more thinking about it as, like, a tempering expectations mindset, but – No, it because he's still – no matter what, he's going to finish as one of the top five. Yeah, I mean that's still probably true. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily. I think he'll he'll definitely be a top ten receiver. He has sat out every single year and has had ankle or foot problems every year and been limited in games and still been top five or number one. Fair enough. Yeah, it's It's just that that Falcons offense still doesn't look very good. But like I said last week, I still think they turn it around. On the Houston side, Deshaun Watson came back to life. 426 yards, five touchdowns, three of which were to Wolf, Will Fuller, which is crazy. Um, Carlos Hyde added in a 60, uh, added in 60 yards and a touchdown on 21 carries. Will Fuller, 14 for 217 and three. Guys, that's the ninth best fantasy performance of all time. It's insane. He, I heard he went from uh, wide receiver like 50 or 60 or something super high to he's now the wide receiver eight in yeah, the PPR. That's just bonkers. I mean, and DeAndre Hopkins added in seven for 88. He's obviously still a start. He's probably still going to be a top five guy also. Looking at the first of the two four o'clock games, Denver 20 to 13 over the Chargers. Philip Lindsay, 15 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown, added in four catches for 33. 
Royce Freeman still got 13 carries for 61 yards and added in two catches. This still looks like a split backfield, but Randy, would you be maybe leaning towards the Lindsay side, seeing that he had more production uh, yesterday? Um, yeah, only because he's the only one that's had these games this year. But it is still early. Uh, but, I mean, it's literally 50-50. I think it's actually like 55-45 percentage-wise, but that's just this game. It's ridiculous how split it is. I think this is more a testament to how good the Broncos run offense is this year. Yeah, I think they've I think they've bounced back and forth for who is leading the percentage of snaps as the weeks go on. But it it's it's crazy. You usually don't see a split down the middle with this many carries. I know we talked about how Tampa Bay has that, but those guys aren't really touching the ball that much. These I mean you're talking 20 care 20 touches between the two. It, it's pretty crazy. I mean Joe Flacco only had 182 yards. Uh, Christian's wide receiver start of the week, Cortland Sutton, four for 92 and a touchdown on seven targets. He looks good. He looks like um, he he looks like he may have taken over that wide receiver core. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders did draw Casey Hayward, only one catch for nine yards. Um, that's probably based on the quarterback matchup. I think there are better days ahead for Sanders. On the other side, Melvin Gordon made his first start of 2019. Had only 12 carries for 31 yards and added in four catches for seven. The Chargers were trailing pretty much the entire game, so it, it's it's understandable why Gordon only had 12 carries. Obviously, that's going to change. Melvin Gordon is still a top 10 running back talent. Austin Eckler only had three carries but added in 15 catches for 86 yards on 16 targets. We talked about it last week that those guys could both be a start. I mean, if you started Gordon, you were a little bit disappointed, but if you started Eckler, you were still happy about it. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. 16 targets for a running back is insane. It is insane. But I think that's a testament to kind of the lack of weapons that this team has and why they are not winning games. I mean, when you have to throw the ball to your running back 16 times, you're probably not going to win many games. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, They've had a couple of a couple of receivers hurt. Mike Williams did come back. He had he had six catches for seventy four yards on thirteen targets. Uh, Keenan Allen was very quiet, four for eighteen on six targets against Chris Harris. Um, Christian, I know you're not a huge Mike Williams believer, but if he's healthy, can you possibly trust him as on the wide receiver two to three borderline? Uh, no, I don't think that he's a wide receiver two anymore. I think that he. He could be a flex play for you. He could be a wide receiver three. I'm just not super confident in it. I know that he's been dealing with injuries the entire season, and it, it looked like he was a lot healthier. But I, I have to see a couple more weeks before I am confident saying he's a wide receiver two. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say he's a wide receiver three right now, especially if if it's going to be a couple more weeks for Henry. And uh, he's – because Williams is really the – I think he's going to be a red zone target going forward, just based on his size and his frame. He can, he's definitely going to be a guy that rivers looks to in the red zone. The last, uh, last game on the early or on the early slate was Packers 34, 24 over the Cowboys in a game that the Packers led the entire way. Uh, this was very interesting. Aaron Jones with a 107 yards on 19 carries and four touchdowns, which tied a Packers franchise record. So added- high. Headed seven catches for 75 yards on eight targets. It, it, it was an unbelievable performance. 
single-handedly won me a league that I was projected to lose the entire day going into the Sunday night, going into the four o'clock and Sunday night games. Um, really nothing to speak of out of the two receivers that started in place of Devontae Adams. Geronimo Allison, two for 28 on six targets. MVS, one for 18 on four. This was pretty much the uh, result of Rodgers only throwing the ball 34 times and them just trying to give Aaron Jones the ball every time he, every time they possibly could. But, Randy, do you think they've transitioned to a run-first team or was it more of that they were just up so much on the Cowboys the entire way? Um, I'd say a little bit of both because I do think they're going to try and transition a bit more to run, especially waiting on Adams to come back. But they were just up from the get-go, complete domination. The defense for the Packers was just destroying Dak. So, I mean, there was no point in trying to throw 70 times here like Rodgers tries to do when Jones is getting four or five yards of carry and he's breaking half of his carries off for like 12, 15-yard runs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, I mean, he was doing the same thing when he was getting the, the passing work. I mean, he he looked explosive. <clears throat> the thing that I would worry about there would be <clears throat> when Jamal Williams comes back. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that all it like. It gets cut in half, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, if, if, I, if they continue to give Jamal Williams almost half the snaps when Aaron Jones has done nothing but show he's the most talented running back on the team, it's unbelievable. Uh, for the Cowboys, Dak had a pretty bad game, but he still was able to put up the numbers. 463 passing yards, two touchdowns, but three picks, added in 27 rushing yards. Zeke was able to find the end zone again. Let me interrupt you on Dak really quick. Two of those picks, definitely not his fault. And yeah. the one pick, uh, I think it was Amari that was running. They had his hands. Well, he was getting smacked in the head for like five straight yards, and it wasn't it wasn't in the five yards that you're allowed to smack people in the head. So I mean, those refs I, were, I, I never like to bad. yeah, I no, never like to blame refs, but it was terrible. I well, I pretty that was a legal contact, but why did he throw that? Yeah, fair. That's my point on that. The Cooper one, the Cooper post pick is Cooper's fault. Uh, I, I, the other one was his fault too. It wasn't Cooper. It was Dak's fault. It was a really bad throw. And, and it's been two weeks in a row that Dak has faced better defenses and, and hasn't looked good. The Saints on Sunday night last week and then the Packers this week. Um like I said, Zeke was able to find the end zone again, had only 62 yards. Uh, Mari Cooper, sorry, Randy, 11 catches for 226 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets. He pretty much won me that matchup against you in the two-quarterback league. Um, Him and Watson. Yeah, Michael Michael Gallup, 7 for 113 and a touchdown. He also had 14 targets. He's probably safe to start as a wide receiver too, uh, providing that he's healthy for the entire year, but he definitely looked at coming back from – his uh, knee injury. The last game we'll take a look at was the Colts 19 to 13 over the chiefs. And that was quite the game script. It looked like Frank Reich just wanted them to have the ball for as long as he possibly could. My quarterback start of the week, Jacoby Brissett only put up 151 yards and had threw an interception rushed in a short touchdown. I'll take the blame. That was not a good call on my end. I, Totally overestimated how this game would go. Boo. Um, yeah, I know. 
But Marlon Mack, 29 carries for 132 yards, had three catches for 16. He looked outstanding. He had been questionable going into the game, but he it didn't look like he was hurt at all. He was a beast. He could he could he was amazing running between the tackles. It was it was a great sight to see for Marlon Mack owners. There was really not much receiving production at all. Ty only four catches for 37 yards on five targets. Randy, where do you think Ty Hilton's ceiling is if the Colts are going to be a run first team like this? Um, I mean with Mac, they've kind of always been a run first team though. I, I mean obviously they don't have Andrew Luck, but Brissett's no slouch. I, I mean this is just game script specifically for the Chiefs. This is the only to get pressure in Mahomes' face right off the bat and don't give him the ball. That's the only way yeah. for them. <clears throat> I mean, and if they're not facing that high power of offense, I think they let Brissett open up more. And, I mean, Hilton isn't going to be wide receiver one, but he, he always tilts on that range. So oh, I mean, Plus, he's, he's a huge big play guy. Yeah, I mean, your start of the week, my tight end start of the week here, I mean, it's all just because we expected more of a shootout instead mm-hmm. of domination on – by the Colts. I mean, I guess we kind of should have thought of that with the Colts O line just being absolute man eaters. But it's <laughs> Yeah, but to be yeah. honest with you defensively, I didn't think that the Colts could really shut down the Chiefs on the road. Are the Colts Super Bowl contenders? They're playoff contenders. It's tough to say. I, it's it's tough to say right now. I kind of think they, it's hard it's hard to argue. I mean, games are won in the trenches and their offensive line and defensive line are phenomenal. So, spoken like a true 1980s coach. Yeah. Hey, guess guess who won the game, Sean? Yeah, I know. (laughs) On the Chiefs side, uh, Mahomes 321 yards on 39 pass attempts, one touchdown. He did hurt his ankle, but was able to tough it out. I don't think it's going to be something that keeps him out of Week Six, but definitely something to monitor. There really wasn't any production for any guys that were fantasy relevant. Byron Pringle had six catches for 103 yards in the touchdown on nine targets. Christian, he can't be a worthy pickup, can he? Hell no. Especially, I mean, Tyreek is coming back. So I just, hell no. That was supposed to be Meikle Hardman. I mean, Hardman (laughs) still had four catches, but still. Mahomes looked bad, man. I mean, he doesn't look bad. Let me take that back. Mahomes (laughs) looks hurt, and he's on pace for less than 40 touchdowns now. I think he's on pace for 35 touchdowns, which is right around where I expected him to be. But, I mean, he does not look like himself. He can't really move around the pocket. Well, he couldn't move around the pocket after he got his ankle rolled up on. So we'll hey, have do you to want monitor to inform, that. Do you want to inform the listeners of the little wager you made regarding Patrick Mahomes? Sure thing. Yeah, so um, in a, a new league that I'm in, so it's a bunch of guys down here in North Carolina. I was – trying to prove that I know what I'm talking about because they like to make fun of new new guys, the rookies. Um, so we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, and everyone said he could throw for 60 touchdowns, and he's definitely going to hit 50. And I said, if he hits 50 touchdowns again, I will drink my own pee. Um, <laughs> so I am, I am quite happy that he is on pace for 35 touchdowns. I honestly didn't think that he would hit 40 this year. That's what I truly believe, which is why I was so confident to say I would drink my own pee if he hit 50. Um, but I'm just kind of hoping that this ankle injury lingers a little bit. 
And Randy and I just found out about this last night, and we <laughs> were having I, a ton of fun. I am very glad that we set the parameters for our slap bet. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I also think Mahomes has regression this year no matter what. And I'm it's sure, hard not to. And, and I'm sure when you made that bet, Tyree Kill was still a kid beater. So, I mean, I understand. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you thought Tyree Kill wasn't going to play at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a fair it was a fair bet to think that he was going to regress. I don't know if I would go to that extreme, but in terms it, of the bet, a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> fair well, as, Christian, as Christian said, it seems like Tyreek Hill is going to practice this week, so that's something to keep an eye on. Sammy Watkins played the first half of the game, left the game with a hamstring injury, didn't come back. Definitely something to monitor there. So that'll do it for our week five recap. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go through our buy or sell segment. Welcome back. We're going to go through our buy or sell segment. Guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to list a statement. And I want to know if you guys are buying it that you think it's going to happen uh, throughout the year and at the end of the year, or if you're selling it, you don't quite think it's going to get to that point. First one, buy or sell Aaron Jones as a top 10 running back the rest of the season. Christian? I'm buying that. I think that He's going to get that type of production. I think Jamal Williams is going to be out for a, a little while. And when he comes back, they're going to ease him back. Um, I think he's going to be just dominant enough that when he does go back into the split, he kind of stays around that 9 or 10 range. Randy? Uh, so, definitely. Uh, I think I think he drops back to only 50% of the workload, maybe even this week. And – it took LaFleur 14 weeks to realize he should run Derrick Henry more than just up the A-gap, so I don't trust that at all. I'm probably also going to sell. I'm not necessarily chasing the points after this performance. It was outstanding. He's definitely a great running back, but I, like like you said, Jamal Williams just worries me, the presence of him in that backfield. Buy or sell, Stephon Diggs being droppable. Randy? Uh, sell. Easy. <laughs> Not even a question. Christian? Yeah, I think I sell that too. I think that the best you're going to get from that guy this year is a wide receiver three until he's traded to the Patriots. So I I think that you need to stash him as much as I hate saying that. I love how you threw that until, he traded, until he's traded to the Patriots in there. Yeah, I'm probably – I'm also going to sell it. I still think he's – talent-wise, he's one of the better wide receivers in football. Eventually, that's going to come to the top. Christian, buy or sell Juju as a wide receiver three rest of the season? I think I buy that. I think that he's got wide receiver two written all over him, and I think I might eat my words here, especially if Mason Rudolph comes back in a reasonable amount of time. But, man, he hasn't looked – great with Mason Rudolph already. He did look better in the first two quarters this week, but I think I buy that. Randy, what about you? Uh, I mm, I want to sell just because I don't think his production gets that low, but I don't see a lot of touchdowns, so it's close. Yeah, I mean, you're talking him being 25 or below, so I mean, that's the top twenty-four would put him in RB and wide receiver two status. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I I think he, he's just too talented. I think uh, Delvin Hodges is gonna want to use him 
a lot more Who? where they are. Isn't that his name? Yeah, it is. I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to throw that in there because I, I, I thought I messed that up. But <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I I think he's still a top twenty four wide receiver when it's all said and done. Christian, buy or sell DJ Chark as a wide receiver too rest of the season. I buy that, and I think that he's a fringe one. I just, man, I could not get behind it the first two or three weeks, and I was offered trades for DJ freaking Chark, and I declined them. And now he, I mean, he looks like the real deal. He looks like a top 10 receiver. But since this is just wide receiver two rest of the season, I think that's a definite buy. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Um, like you said, he looks like he looks to be Gardner Minshew's favorite guy. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything to make you think that he's not going to be a wide receiver too. Even last week when he didn't score a touchdown, he had one called back. I think he definitely finishes in the top twenty-four. Randy, are you buying also? Oh yeah, big buy. Big <laughs> yeah. I also would like to point out it wasn't just DJ Chark that he turned down too. So he's kind of dumb. Oh no, I I turned down DJ Chark in Dynasty. That's how bad I was. Oh, but it was. I had to. I would have had to give up two picks versus one. For Shepard, so it was it was a touchy subject. Frank's Frank's a stingy guy, I'll tell you that. It's tough. It Randy, buy or sell Will Fuller as Watson's favorite target moving forward? Sell. I uh, he has a great rapport with him. He has the whole time him and Watson have been together, but he's never going to be the first target. It's always going to be Hopkins. Yeah, I'm going to sell. When you got a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, there's no way he's not going to be used more. So I, I'm going to sell, Christian. Three for three on cells. Yeah, it, it's it's just so hard not to. Uh, Randy, buy or sell Cortland Sutton as a high-end wide receiver two rest of season. So you're talking like 14 to 16. Sell for that exact reason. I, I yeah. see him wide receiver two, uh, but he has started – he's kind of had his coming out party here, and we may start seeing the top corners not covering Sanders because he may be on another team. And that might drop him all the way down to wide receiver three. Yeah. Christian? I'll buy it for the sheer fact that he's performing on the wide receiver one cusp right now. I think that he's talented enough that when defenses start game planning for him, he's still going to get his – he's still a pretty good red zone target, and he looks explosive in the open field. So – I'll buy it. I'm kind of hesitant to do so, though. I'm going to sell because of two words. Joe Flacco. (laughs) I don't trust Joe Flacco ever keeping a high-end wide receiver two guy. I'm going to sell just for that reason. I think he could maybe finish in the bottom tier of wide receiver two. No chance that he gets to high-end. Christian, buy or sell Gerald Everett as a tight end one rest of the season? (laughs) Well, it's not hard to do, so... I think I've got. I think I've got to buy it just because he's. I mean, he's at least getting targets, whereas there's plenty. Of, I mean, after the top five or six guys at tight end, it's really a crapshoot every week. So I think that Gerald Everett's going to be productive enough to get into the top twelve. Uh, I'm going to buy, um, like you said, just how bad some of the other tight ends are that could maybe even finish top twelve. If he's going, I mean. If he's going to continue to get that kind of target share, even if it goes down to seven or eight, I, he could finish top 12. Randy? I, From belief, I want to sell, but because it's the tight end landscape, I'll buy because he could easily finish his 10, 11, or 12, and I'll look dumb. 
But I there's been a lot of injuries, like not whole game injuries, but taking some of these wide receivers out for a few for one series, and then they haven't had a lot of luck running the ball the last two weeks because of hard game scripts and defenses. So I think it comes down a good amount. Plus, there's two tight ends that they use all the time. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Uh, Randy, buy or sell Foster Moreau taking over taking Darren Waller's spot. I almost don't want to answer the question because it is so moronic, but sell. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one that came up with these. Just so. I know it's not. This is why it's hard for us to like Christian do the show. Yeah. <laughs> he writes oh. bad things on here, and then he also says stuff like this. To, let me let me be fair. So when I wrote this, it was I was looking at the just the tight end rankings on the week, and Foster Moreau sitting a spot above Darren Waller, and he was productive last week. So it's not unreasonable to think that they might turn to a rookie if their season starts going to shit. Are it's you buying very, them? It's very unreasonable. I, I'm selling it. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% selling. It was, the, it was the fact that they were up big. Carr didn't need to throw the ball a ton. Waller's still their go-to guy there. Let me pose you one question regarding this. Do you think they can have two tight ends worth starting? Do you think no, Foster Moreau can get that level of production? I don't. I don't because I see Renfro emerging more as the season goes, and I think Tyrell Williams isn't going to miss every week. No, 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 he won't. But that doesn't take away these tight end targets. I I think Renfro is going to start being a five catch a week guy here around week eight past, and that's going to probably limit Moreau to one to two catches a week. That's fair, but no, I I mean I I don't think he's startable. Last one, guys, Christian, buy or sell Marlon Mack will finish as a top 15 running back in PPR leagues, even though he doesn't catch a lot of passes. That's an easy buy for me. I think that last night kind of showed that. He doesn't really need to catch passes, and he's going to get the touchdowns. I mean, they didn't come last night against the Chiefs. Um, Jordan Wilkins scares me a touch um, because he was in on that goal line carry, and then it got called back, and then – they still had Wilkins out there and he got down to the one again. So I, I feel like Marlon Mack is going to get that work eventually. And they were just protecting him from further injury. I think this guy is a top 10 running back. Randy. I'm going to sell because he is always a little bit banged up. I think he gets the yards that would make sense that he's be up there, but I don't think he gets the touchdowns. I think he's going to end up, at about 18 or 19 just because of the touchdowns. And Andy doesn't get as much catches as some of the other guys, but obviously mm-hmm. there's. I think he might get beat up by someone like Jacobs, like right at that 15 threshold. Yeah, this for me, this is a close one. I'm going to buy. I think he finishes right at 15. I think he maybe catches two to three passes a game. He's going to find the end zone, and I, so I think he finishes right at the top 15. It's so a hard it's a hard sell because that line is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll do it for our buy or sell segment. We're going to take one more quick break. When we get back, we're going to go through our quick wordsy waivers for the week going into week six, and we'll get out of here. Welcome back to The Cut. We're going to go through one more segment here. All three of us are going to give our quick, worthy waivers of the week leading into week six. I'm going to start. 
Mine's going to be Chase Edmonds, and this is simply on the fact that if David Johnson misses week six, I think Edmonds is a guy that you can pencil into your lineups as an RB2. Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury came out and said that it's a possibility he misses this game. He was battling through a bag injury in week five. Edmonds gets to play the Falcons at home. He's going to be used a lot. He's going to be used a lot in the passing game. He's not a bad running back, so I think he can definitely be an RB2 if DJ is out for week six. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and uh, head into mine. Mine is Gerald Everett. He has posted over 15 fantasy points in PPR leagues two straight weeks. Goff has been targeting his tight ends a bunch. Both uh, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee were utilized. Everett looks to be the more surefire target, um, and he honestly looks like a more reliable option for you right now than Brandon Cooks. Now, take that with a grain of salt. Brandon Cooks will get it right, but right now – Everett is being looked at a ton. Um, with buys coming up, it wouldn't hurt to have a tight end on your bench because um, it is it is apocalypse season. So I would add Gerald Everett this week. Yeah, I'm going to finish it out. This is such a tough week. We, we try and go well below 50% ownership here. Obviously, if there's some guys like Fuller or Crowder or even still Jerome Allison or someone that's dropped because people are dumb, Pick them up before any of these guys. But with the tight end landscape being as it is, I'm going to finish. Last time, hopefully, we have to say it. But Herndon, he's coming back this week. Darnold should be too. He's Darnold's favorite target, at least in my eyes. I know Anderson's up there too. But he's going to get at least seven targets a week. And in this tight end landscape, that can equate a tight end one, even with missing the first five weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. Christian, Randy, questions, comments, concerns before we roll out? Dog check, dude. Right. I'm pumped. Let's go, Browns. It's an exciting week. We get the Browns on Monday, the Pats murdering people on Thursday, and then we get the I'm tank. For that, so we get that fun tank ball between the Dolphins and the oh Reds. I can't believe that's a real game. God. God. Oh, so much fantasy points to go around. <laughs> If that's all you guys got, as always, follow us on Twitter at the Cut FFL. Support the podcast. Shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. Let's go, Browns. We'll see you next time. We going.